0: Thank you for being so good.
1: Amen. All God's people said, God is good all the time. If you want to turn in your Bibles to the book of John chapter 7. John chapter 7, while you're turning in your Bibles, I read a quote this week that I want to read, and some of you who are parents today might want to pay really close attention to the quote. I particularly liked it. Someone from my generation probably wrote it. It said, my parents spanked me as a child. Therefore, I now suffer from a condition known as respect for others. John chapter 7, the Pharisees are murmuring against Jesus. Verse number 37 of John chapter 7 says, In the last day, that great day of the feast, Jesus stood and cried, saying, If any man thirst, let him come unto me and drink. He that believeth on me, as the Scripture hath said, out of his belly shall flow rivers of living water. This morning I want to take just a few minutes, and I want us to look at the subject of water. Water is the absolute necessity of life. Nothing can live without sustainable water. No plant, no animal life, nothing can survive without water. Jesus, in John chapter 4, he told his disciples in a conversation as they were traveling, he said, I must needs go through Samaria. The reason why, they didn't understand, but Jesus knew there was a woman who needed some help. She was was at a serious disadvantage there in Samaria. And Jesus coming into the city, he sent the disciples on into the village to go in and get some food. But he really sent them there because he needed to be alone. And he went and he sat down at this well and he waited for the woman to come out. She came out in the middle of the afternoon to get water and Jesus asked her for some water. And she said, how is it, sir, that you would ask me for water? You know that you're a Jew. And you know that I'm a woman of Samaria. You know that the Jews have no dealings with the Samaritans. How is it that you would ask me for water? Verse number 10 of John chapter 4, Jesus answered and said unto her, If thou knewest the gift of God, and who it is that saith to thee, Give me to drink, thou wouldest have asked it him, and he would have given thee living water. The woman saith unto him, Sir, (laughs) thou hast nothing to draw with, the well is deep. From whence then hast thou that living water? Art thou greater than our father Jacob, which gave us this well, and drank thereof himself and his children and his cattle? Jesus answered and said unto her, Whosoever drinketh of this water shall thirst again. But whosoever drinketh of the water (laughs) that I shall give him shall never thirst. But the water that I shall give him shall be in him a well of water springing up into everlasting life. This morning as we look at the subject of water, I want to look at a message entitled The Importance every drop God thank you so much for being so incredibly good God thank you for your presence in this place thank you that your Holy Spirit would come down and dwell among men thank you God for even being mindful of us, Father. God, I pray right now that your spirit would continue to work in this place. I'd ask you to continue to move, Father. I pray this morning would you move some mountains, God, and break down some walls and tear down some barriers. I pray you'd heal some sickness and mend some broken homes, God. I pray you'd move in a mighty way, Father. I pray that you'd do something special right here at 552. Hammett Road, God, I pray that you'd move through the airways and that somebody out there helpless and hopeless and hurting would find some answers this morning, God. I ask you to take your word and teach it to us, Father, through your sweet Holy Spirit. We love you, God. You've been so incredibly good to us. We thank you, we trust you, and we praise you. In Jesus' name, amen. So if, if we take a single drop of water and, and we drop that drop of water to the ground it'll soon be gone. But if you take a single drop of water and you combine it with lots of other drops, it can accomplish great things. I mean, you take two drops and put two drops together, and two drops won't even make a puddle. But if you put enough drops together, it'll fill the oceans. That's what I want us to look at this morning. I want to look at the unity of the church. I want to look at the fact that we need each other more than we like to admit. I I want to talk about how every Christian needs to be in church, in the fellowship, in the body, gathered together with other drops. Wednesday, we're in our Bible study. We're in the book of Romans chapter 12, and we read where Paul wrote to the church at Rome in the 4th and 5th verse. He said, We have many members in one body, and all members have not the same office. So we, being many, are one body in Christ, and every one members one of another. We looked at how we're all part of the big picture. We're all a piece of the body. We're all part of this, what God has put together and called the church. None of us are all of it, but all of us are some of it. Nobody is every piece of it, but everybody is a piece of it. This morning, I want to use the illustration of water as we look at, at ourselves this morning as maybe being one single drop. A drop, according to Noah Webster's 1828 Dictionary, is a small portion of fluid in a spherical form which falls at once from anybody or a globule of any fluid which is pendant as if about to fall so if I were to dip my finger into the water and hold it there would be a drop of water on the end maybe it falls maybe it doesn't that's irrelevant it would become a drop of water on the end of my finger but alone that drop of water can do very little I can't say that it can't do anything because it is water so it has living particles living organisms in it. it is water it can do something but by itself, it can do very little. For, for example, I could take it and put that drop on my tongue, but it can't quench my thirst. I, I could take it and, and, and maybe water a plant with it, but alone, it's not going to be enough water for the plant. I, I, I could take it and, and smear it on my hand, but alone, it's not going to be enough to, to wash the dirt off my hands. It's not going to be enough to, to purify them. But when I mix it with other drops, it becomes powerful. When I begin to mix the drops and put them together, see, if I take and put a few drops together, now it can quench my thirst. If we take a few drops and we put a few drops together, now you can water a plant with it and you can make a plant grow. If I take that drop and I put it with 75,708 other drops, now I have a gallon of water. And if I have a gallon of water, now I can do some stuff. I can water some plants and quench my thirst and wash my hands. But if I mix it with one million other drops, now I have 13.2 gallons of water. And if I've mixed a million drops, that 13.2 gallons of water gives me enough water to give life to a plant and to, to drink it that it gives life to myself and to share it that it gives life to others and to wash my hands that it gives some cleanliness and to share it with those around me to wash their hands. When I get a million drops, 13.2 gallons, now I can do some things. But if I mix it with 26 septillion drops. You want to put that number up for me, Miss Frieda? If she's got it, that is a 26 and a comma and a 7 followed by 23 zeros. That is 26.7 septillion. And if I had 26.7 septillion drops, I have an ocean. At least that's what the scientists and the mathematicians say. I didn't go out and count them. I'll go ahead and tell you. (laughs) With the depth and the volume and all their measurements, they they say that that gives me one ocean, 26.7. Now, if I take 26.7 septillion drops, now I have power. I have power to move mountains. I have power to cover more than two-thirds of the surface of the earth. I have power to sustain life to an entire planet. I have the power to sustain life to trillions and trillions of plants and animal life there within the ocean. I have the power to provide a home for the largest mammal that ever lived on this planet being the blue whale, I have the power to sustain life for that remarkable beast and everything that is around it. I have enough power to rise up and wash away land just by putting the drops together. Within a single drop of every ocean water, there is a multitude of life present. There are millions of organisms living in a single drop of ocean water. Within one liter, y'all gonna love this, y'all gonna run right out to the beach. Within one liter of ocean water, there is one million phytoplankton, there's a half a million zooplankton, there is one billion bacteria. And one billion viruses in one liter of ocean water. That means when you get out of the ocean, you have billions of junk living all over you. That makes you want to run right to the beach, don't it? Like I just can't wait to get in that stuff and have some little photoplankton and some zooplankton crawling all over me. And some bacteria and some all kinds of stuff. Every one of those organisms are necessary for life. The phytoplankton is, is a little microscopic organism. Through the process of photosynthesis, they convert sunlight to energy. They provide more than one half of the oxygen in the Earth's atmosphere. Zooplankton are tiny little animals. Some of you have probably seen a picture of a zooplankton before. You just didn't know it. You thought it was a shrimp. If you take an expanded picture of a zooplankton, he looks exactly like a shrimp. Like, boil him up, pop his head off, peel him, and eat him. But he's actually microscopic in size, but he looks just like a shrimp. So it, the, the zooplankton feeds on the photoplankton. You may to tell you when well, this is free right here? And I don't have time to go into bi- biological part of this, but I mentioned the blue whale, the, the greatest whale to ever lived. Do you know what their main diet is? It is a microscopic zooplankton. When all that water goes through their system, they gather all of the photoplankton and zooplankton, mainly photoplankton, out of that. That is their main source of diet. That's crazy. But, but the way things work, as we well know, unfortunately, the smallest organism in that drop of water is a meal for the second smallest organism, which is a meal for the third smallest organism, which is a meal for the fourth. Yeah, i kind of glad we're a little bit bigger, right? So it all starts... With a single drop of water. The drops of water in the ocean, they're always busy. They're they're not just lying around out there waiting on us to come dive in and take a swim. They're always doing something. They're, They're always working together to provide life for everything around them. The water evaporates, it's taken up into the clouds, and the clouds move around the earth where they drop the water back down to the ground and they plant they, they they water all of the plants and they provide water for the animals and it carries it down into the streams and through the rivers and it makes a way for the animals to drink from the creeks and then it, it gets into the rivers, and in the rivers we use it to float mighty barges, and we use it to carry things around to sustain life to move products from one location to another. A single drop of water did not have enough power to drop on this podium and move a pencil across it. But when you put it together with millions of other drops, it has a power to move barges. It has a power to do things to change the world. When it falls from the ground, the rain acts as as a purifier. It, It brings... Cleanliness to the air. We, we've got, we talked about it yesterday. We had to go down to South Alabama for a funeral. I thought I saw a little bit of that green pollen in the air. That wasn't very exciting. That's a reminder that it's about to come. Amen? Everybody know your car is about to be green for about a month. But you notice how when it rains, boy, when it rains in the spring, that's welcome, isn't it? Leaves spots all over that green car. But at least it clears the air out a little bit so those of us that have allergies to that stuff can actually breathe for a few minutes but when the water falls, it it purifies the air, and then it falls down to the ground, and it gets together with the other drops, and they run, and they wash the impurities from off the surface of the earth, and they all run together, and they take the impurities, and they wash them down into the ocean, and then through evaporation, they go back up, and they do it all over again. That's just single drops of water working together with other single drops of water to accomplish mighty things. If enough drops of water fall together at one time, then they produce a flood. And when they come together the flood, they have the power to carve grand canyons through the earth's mountains. You put enough drops together, you have power to do things. So as long as the drops continue to come, nothing can stop them. As mankind, we've done all that we can. We build dams to try to stop the drops. We build dams to make reservoirs. That causes all of the drops to, to heap up upstream. We use the water to, to turn turbines to produce electricity. We use it to water entire community so that all of us were able to get a shower this morning, I hope. We were all able to get a drink. We were all able to make coffee. That one we can bank on. Amen. That's a good one. We were able to wash clothes. We are able to, to have things to cook, to do things to sustain life. We, we dam the water up to provide a resource. But as long as those drops keep coming, there's nothing that we can do to stop it. It continues to move downstream, providing life for everybody else down there. There has to be an overflow for the dams because the water is constantly washing downstream, constantly carrying life, constantly um, providing cleanliness. That's what the church is supposed to look like. We're all just drops, right? Y'all hadn't lost me. That's where we started. We're all just single drops. That's what the church is supposed to look like individually. We're we're like single drops of water, but, but together we are an ocean of power. And although alone, none of us can accomplish a whole lot, everybody can accomplish something. God can use everybody for something. But it's nothing like when he combines us all together at what we can accomplish in one accord. Julia Carney wrote a poem. It's entitled Little Things. It says, Little drops of water, little grains of sand, make the mighty ocean and the pleasant land. So the little minutes, humble they may be, make the mighty ages of all eternity. Man, I thought about that point. Minutes become hours, and hours become days, days become weeks, it becomes months, it becomes years, it becomes decades, it becomes centuries. But it all starts with the second. You can't have any of those if you don't first have the second. And although you can't accomplish much in the second, you can't accomplish something. But if you put enough seconds together, then you can accomplish great things. The more of them you have, the more you can accomplish, amen? So so think about this. How many drops of water does it take to make the ocean full? Some of you are trying to remember that number, aren't you? All of them. All of them. All of them. How many grains of sand does it take to make the beach full? All of them. We talked about the spring and the plants are budding out. Right now, you look through the woods, you can see a long ways because they're just starting to bud. They're not leafed out yet, so the the woods look bare. But in just about another month or so, they're going to be full of leaves because all the trees will get them. How many leaves will it take to fill the forest? All of them. If we grew one leaf this entire spring out there on one tree in the forest, it wouldn't really do much, would it? You can't say it wouldn't do anything because it would do something. But it's nothing like what it's going to do when they all come together. In God's perfect plan, there are no drops left out. God has a purpose for every drop in here and every drop out there. God has a plan, a purpose for the church. And in order for the church to be all that God has planned for it to be, it takes all the drops. It takes everybody in one accord. But just like the water... just like the sand and even the leaves. There's not a lot they can do by themselves. But together they can change the world. Somebody say amen. Together they can change the world. Together they can change the world. I've had a lot of people in my life... and. I'm sure you've had them as well. And go ahead and get your hand on the remote. I might be about to get turned off. <coughs> I've had a lot of people that I've invited to church tell me they were Christians, but they don't go to church. And if you've invited many people to church, you've had the same thing. If you've invited many to church, if you've tried to, to witness and tell people about Christ, you've gotten the same answers. Uh, I'm a Christian. I don't go to church. I don't need to go to church. I don't need to go gather around a bunch of hypocrites trying to tell me what I'm doing wrong. Well, the only thing different between this hypocrite and that hypocrite is I'm here and you ain't. I'm not trying to hide it. I made mistakes yesterday, but I'm, I'm here to try to be as best as I can be. Well, I can read my Bible at home. I can pray at home. I don't have to go to tough tea. I know you can. I know you can. But I can't help but believe that they can't do it very much, because if you read the Word of God, you're going to find that it says for Satan, not the assembling of yourselves as the manner of some is. All the more so, you see that they approaching. If you study the New Testament at all, you're going to find out when the Holy Spirit came in the Book of Acts, and Peter, Pe- Peter, and Peter preached, Pete, Peter preached. Get all them peas out. When Peter preached the first sermon, that the church started, and they all came together, and thousands were added to the church, and you know what happened? They kept coming, and they kept coming, and they kept gathering, and they kept having church in people's houses. If they pray very much, then I know that the Holy Spirit is going to tell them, you need to plug into the body of the local church. You need to support the local church. You need to be a believer through the church. You need to gather together with drops. Why would the devil why would the devil be trying so hard to get rid of the church? Why is the devil trying so hard to social distance? To limit the number of people that can get inside a church? Why is the devil trying so hard to shut those doors for good? Why is the devil working so hard to start it in California and move it west, which, praise God, that was overruled, and we'll continue to pray for California that God will continue to do a work over there and free those people from the stuff that's going on that God will do, continue to do mighty things because whatever happens will eventually move east. Why would the devil be working so hard to close the church doors to keep you from coming here? For 12 weeks, these doors were closed, and we weren't here. Right? Anybody miss it? Was it a struggle when you couldn't come here? Did, did you miss the gathering together of the body of Christ? Do you know something that, that I believe the Lord allowed me to see this week, bro? Something just dawned on me. Do you know what's not under attack? Live stream. The church do, doesn't... The devil doesn't seem to be, at least at this point, attacking virtual church. Even though, even though, then anything that we say right now, anything that we preach, any gospel that we preach, any song that we sing, can literally reach around the world in a matter of seconds. Even though it can be recorded, it can be replayed, it can be on Facebook Live, it can be Facebook carried over, it can be on Vimeo, it can be put out on YouTube Live, it can be carried over for weeks, months, years. Even though it can be captured and brought out, the devil doesn't seem to be targeting virtual church. It's the gathering of the body of believers that's under attack. He's trying to take away the church. What is under attack is the forsaking, the not forsaking of assembling of ourselves together. That's what's under attack. What is under attack is the body coming together. You and I coming together as single drops to make one big drop, to be what God has put us to be. That's what is under attack. Why would the devil be trying so hard to close the doors of the church? To single out the drops. to single out the drops. It doesn't take a drop very long to dry up when it's by itself. You take the drop out of the gallons, it doesn't matter how many gallons you have and 13.2 gallons, you have one million drops of water. But if you take the 13.2 gallons, it'll last a little while. But if you put it into one, or the 13.2 gallons will last, but if you put it into one million drops and sprinkle them out, they're not going to last very long. The devil is looking to separate the church to to dry it up because he knows that when Christians come together, when you put drops of water together, they become powerful. God can use them to do mighty things. So if we look at the church together in Christ, then we are a mighty fortress because each one of us has something to bring to the table. Each one of our drops has something. And without your drop, without your drop here, then the the ocean is not complete. Everybody has something to bring in. The reason the devil wants to single you out and get you out of church and get people sitting at home. I'll move off of this in just a minute. Those, those live stream, and, and I'm glad we've got it, and I know there's many that's sick. There, there's health issues. There's lots of reasons why people can't be here. But do you know something that I have yet to hear? From, from everybody that's watching live stream that's been watching it since March of 2020, from everybody that's been doing live stream, everybody, even, even those of us that had 12 weeks in the door church, you know what I've yet to have anybody tell me? The reason I watch it on live stream is because it's more powerful. Oh, I feel the presence more when I'm at home. I feel the power of God move in my living room. I don't feel it moving. Everybody, everybody says, I thank God for it. I'm glad that we have it. I'm glad that I don't have to completely miss church. I'm glad we get to tune in and see the service, but it ain't like being home. Every one of them says, hey, there's nothing like being there. There's nothing like worshiping in one accord. There's nothing like being in the presence of the other believers. That's why the devil wants everybody singled out, because it's not the same. So if we take the church and we look at it as though it were an ocean. So it's only one ocean, but made up of multiple drops. But we looked at evaporation. So evaporation... Takes a large group of the drops and it pulls them up out of the one ocean and it puts them in a cloud and it carries them over here to this part of the earth. And then it takes another large group of drops and it puts them in a cloud and it carries them over here to this part of the earth. And it comes back and it gathers up another large group and it carries until it has put them all around the world. And then they all do the same thing. They fall down through the atmosphere. They cleanse the air. They cleanse the earth. They bring life to everything around them. And then they flow back. They get energized. They go up and they go out again. That's what the church is supposed to be. We're part of the ocean we are part of the bride of christ we are part of the church overall but we are that cloud that god has gathered up and floated us into this part of the world god has put here we are faith baptist church this is the group of drops that god has put together to purify lagrange georgia cleanse lagrange georgia preach to lagrange georgia Try to help things find living water in in LaGrange, Georgia. Bring life to dead things in in LaGrange, Georgia. God has put us here for a purpose, but no one drop can do it. It's going to take all of us. Not only that, it takes Callaway. It takes First Baptist. It takes Rosemont. It takes Concord. It takes all of us. We're all our own little clouds that God has put there together, but we have a purpose, and every one of us have a purpose. We're a drop, but if we're not there, then we're not doing our part. God help us. So let's go back to the single drops for just a minute. A single drop cannot survive for very long, but when combined with others, it can thrive and do a multitude of things. I want to look for a minute at the purity of each drop. I, 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 want, I want us to look at our own lives just for a minute, and we'll we'll get back in the ocean. See, we're, we're kind of like that drop of water in the ocean. To look at that drop of water, if you drip it off your finger, it really doesn't look like it got all that stuff living in it, does it? Anybody agree they don't like it's got a billion bacteria living in it? Anybody ever seen a half a million zooplankton living in a drop of ocean water off your finger? It really don't look like all that junk's in there, but it is. All that that stuff living within it. Inside of our drop, there's a lot of stuff going on. Somebody say amen. Inside of my little drop, there's a lot of garbage. There's a lot of junk gets caught up. The devil is always trying to put junk in our lives. Jesus said, Whosoever drinketh of the water that I shall give him shall never thirst. For the water that I shall give him shall be a well of water springing up into everlasting life. So each one of us has our own drops. Each one of us brings our own baggage to the table. So that's that's what my my stuff here this morning is about. If this is my drop, Y'all don't, Y'all can y'all see this is one drop. Th- this is your drop. How about that? I won't make it my drop. I won't make it your drop too. This is your drop. Anybody, the devil come along and remind you of your past. Tell you about all the things you did wrong. Why you ain't no good before you ever got saved? Don't you remember what you did? Don't you remember how bad? Don't you remember what you did to people? Don't you remember all the bad things you did? Y'all, y'all help me out. Y'all awful quiet. The devil ever use your past against you? Raise your hand. The devil ever try to remind you, man, you you're no good. There's no way God could ever use you. Is God, has the devil ever told you there's no way God could ever use you? Has <laughs> the devil ever told you how bad, and how imperfect you are? There's no way God could ever clean up and use something like you. And and he just keeps piling up stuff. But but then, it, it we really don't have to go all that far back in our past. There are some things that we thought this week that we really wish we wouldn't have thought. There there are some things that we did in our life this week that we really know we shouldn't have done and wish we wouldn't have done. There are some things that we said to people, maybe some things you looked at on your phone, there, there's some stuff that, that we did this week that the devil says, your little drop ain't no good. No way, no way the Lord could use you. Look at all that junk. You want to know a real one? Some of them <laughs> is things we thought this morning while we were getting ready for church that we wish we wouldn't have thought that we wish we could just take back. But the devil just puts all that garbage in our life to make our drops unusable, to tell us how we're no good. But what happens eventually at some point in every Christian's life, the Holy Spirit's pulling you draw. You know you need to come to church. You know you need to read the Bible. Sooner or later you're going to come. So finally one day, and it's amazing how God provides. I don't know whose cup this is, but you left it here, and you left your coffee in, and it had some funk in it this morning. <laughs> this thing was nasty. But I washed it. The, the lid to it is in the men's bathroom closet if you want it. And you can have your cup back out to church. It's amazing how God gave me this cup because I wasn't planning on the faith part of it until I saw this cup. But it's amazing, you know, you, what happens. We need our faith to grow a little bit. And let me go ahead and tell you, if you're not coming to church, your faith can't be growing. If you're not studying God's Word, your faith can't be growing. So what happens, somebody says, you know what I need to do, man? I, I, I probably do. I need to go to church. Well, I've, I've been out. So, so they come to church, and they, and they get a little dose. And, and they leave church, and they go, man, you know, that, that's right. I, I really need to be reading my Bible. I ain't been around me. Man, I've been going through so many problems. There's so much going on. So you get up on Monday morning, and go, man, I'm going to read my Bible for a little bit. And you read your Bible for a little bit, and you go, man... You know, during lunch, I think what I need to do, I need to spend a couple minutes in prayer and, and just get a little bit of prayer time in so, so you you pray for a couple minutes. And you get home on Monday evening, and you think, man, instead of just sitting around watching all this TV, I really need to do a Bible devotion. You get your phone. You find something from Spurgeon or from Priscilla Shire or somebody. You find you a good devotion. You put a little bit in and and. Well, I tried, but it really didn't do much. So on Tuesday, you, you, you try again, and, and you put a little bit in, but it really doesn't seem to be helping much, and you try it for three or four days. But see, this is where a lot of Christians burn out. See, you got to understand something. If you want to build your faith, you ain't going to do it in one day, at one time. This is a growing process. We all started when we got saved at a growing process, but we grow little by little every day. And now what happens, what brought you to church, what put you on your knees, what made you decide, you didn't just all of a sudden decide, I'm going to start going to church, reading my Bible. Something happened in your life. Something brought you down. You realized that you were running from God or a storm came up, a trial come up, somebody, in your family got sick. Something happened, and it caused you to run toward God. And now if you have these three or four days and you put it in and God makes all that go away, then you're just going to forget about it. That didn't build your faith. You're just going to go back to life the way it was. God's not looking for that. God's looking for a relationship. God's looking for you to build it every day. See, God's looking to start a tradition in you. God's looking to purify your drops. And it ain't going to be done in a day. It's going to take some stuff. But what happens is if God works through a day-to-day, see what happens, a lot of Christians right here, after a week or so, and they've been trying and nothing really moved, they give up right there. It's like, isn't it, it ain't any better than it was when I wasn't reading my Bible? It's not any better than it was when I wasn't going to church so people quit. But for the ones that will persevere. <laughs> for the ones that won't let the devil talk them out of it. For the one that will get up every morning and say, I'm going to read this book. I'm going to get out of bed a few minutes early. I'm going to take some time to pray. For the one that says, I'm not going to let the devil talk me out of it. I'm going to make a life change. I'm going to put in some living water. It's just a matter of time till it starts rising up in us, and it begins to move some things. And before long, you keep reading the Bible, and you keep coming to church, and your drink gets a little bigger, and some of the garbage starts washing out, and the devil starts losing his foothold on you. God begins to wash out all the impurities from our life until you tap into the living water. But when you start coming to church on a regular basis, being living water, working to cleanse, it is God who becomes a well of water, springing up into everlasting life. And all of the things of the past begin to wash away. All of the things begin to fade. Everything begins to fall off. Everything that the devil has thrown at you doesn't seem to matter anymore. i got to move this over because I ain't through just yet. You don't belong in there. (laughs) If we stay plugged in with the other drops and we just keep seeking him and we just keep serving him, seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things shall be added unto you. It's just a matter of time till all the garbage has to go, but, but that's not all. You keep studying, you keep praying, you keep coming to church, you keep being a blessing to others, and it begins to spring up, a well of water, so that it's washing things not only out of us, but it begins to wash things out from those around us. And now, you want to know the beauty of it all? You stay plugged into the Word of God, the devil brings his whole bags of tricks, and he tries as hard as he can, but they won't stick. It has to start with the drop. Each drop, each one of us works to purify within ourselves. It involves us going home and studying. It involves us reading. It involves us trying to seek a close relationship with God. But we can't be everything that we're supposed to be if we don't come together as one. The devil never stops trying to put the garbage in our lives. But at the very least, it's nothing more than a little ricochet. If we're filled with the Spirit, all the devil stuff can do is bounce off. But it's up to us. It takes all of us. It takes us pulling together. It takes us serving together, doing the will of God. I I was looking, I was studying in a letter this week where Paul wrote a letter to the church at Ephesus. I want to read this prayer to you. I, I want you to listen to this prayer. Paul, when he wrote this letter to the church, now he wrote this to the church at Ephesus but that means it was written to the church. If the Holy Spirit recorded it and put it in this book, then he preserved it for the church today. Amen? Everybody agree with that. So the letter's written to the church. It was entitled to the church at Ephesus. But in chapter 3 and verse 14, Paul prays. He says, For this cause I bow my knees unto the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, of whom the whole family in heaven and earth is named, that he would grant you, according to the riches of His glory, to be strengthened with might by His Spirit in the inner man. That Christ may dwell in your hearts by faith, that ye, being rooted and grounded in love, may be able to comprehend with all the saints what is the breadth and length and depth and height, and to know the love of Christ, which passeth knowledge that ye might be filled with all the fullness of God. What if you and I prayed that daily for each other? What if you and I prayed earnestly for one another that the fullness of God be magnified in each one of us? What if we earnestly poured out our spirit on behalf of others? See, what if, what if we prayed for God to empower everybody else every day? You know what happens? God empowers you. Nobody heard that. If we pray for God to empower all of those around us on a daily basis, God will answer the prayer. God will do for others. But if we pray for God to empower the church and everybody's around us, God will answer that by empowering you. When we pray for others, that's mountain moving. That's more powerful than ever praying for ourselves. When we enter into the throne room of God and make intercession on behalf of somebody else and we come earnestly begging God to do something for somebody else, God, we now have his undivided attention at our needs. I don't don't know how else to say this, so I'll just say it. I'm worried about the church. I said I'm worried about the church. I'm worried about the half-empty buildings on every Sunday morning that used to be full. I'm worried about people that have gotten comfortable sitting at home watching church and not coming and plugging into the family. I'm worried because if by, the, by our own testimony, by our own words, it's not the same at home. It's just not the same. It doesn't feel the same. I don't get the same thing. The power of God's not. that is our own testimony. So by our own testimony, that means every time we miss a service, we're sliding back a little more, sliding back a little more, sliding back a little more. I'm sorry, but the truth is drops that are left at home are drops left out and drops that are singled out dry up. It becomes harder to maintain that Bible study at home when you can't gather with the family. It becomes harder. It is necessary that the church come together. I understand high risk. I truly do. I, I understand the social distancing. I understand the, the separation. Is also, I understand all of that. But I understand that the devil is destroying the church. More and more Christians are sitting at home not because they have to but because they choose to. I've heard too many say, oh, I ain't gonna lie, I got lazy. Man, it sure is nice sitting around in my pajamas drinking my coffee. You know what? Ten years ago, I would have told you if you didn't have a coat and towel and you didn't blow in the house of God, but now I'll tell you, bring bring your coffee, put your pajamas on, and I'll see you next Sunday morning. Yeah. <laughs> I've learned that threads is garbage. Jesus taught very clearly, I have nothing to do with what's on the outside, what's on the inside of a man that matters. doesn't have anything to do with the attire. Anything to do with the get-up, it has everything to do with how we serve on the inside. Drops of water can't survive on their own, but together we can thrive. See, I believe God has a great plan for Faith Baptist Church. I believe God has a great plan for Faith Baptist Church. See, I don't believe we're done. I don't believe we're half full from now on either. I I said to Miss Sylvia this morning, I'll just go ahead and tell you, every week it gets closer, I am more and more convinced, come he's alive, I'm opening this building to 100% capacity. I just don't see locking out half the community and putting on he's alive because there's somebody around here that needs to hear about Jesus. And if I lock the door, they just might be the one that don't get in. So however many come, we may not have but 50, I don't know. But I do know I want to make it available to them that as many as will come, Because I believe God's going to do a great and mighty thing. I'm as excited about He's alive right now as I probably ever have been about it. About all the things that's going on and all of what I believe God is about to do. But not just in us. Can, Can I just tell you right here, I'm always excited about He's alive because of what I know God's going to do in us. Nobody understood that. God always does something in us. It's an energizing. It's a charge. It's a coming together. It's like a revival in us. But I'm excited this year because I believe God's about to do something in the community. I believe God's about to change something. I believe we're going to see people saved in the multitudes. But it takes everybody working together. A glass of water isn't full if even one drop is missing. Amen? This is our area of the world. This is where God has put us. And he's given us something to do. This cloud is here to cleanse. This cloud is here to purify the air, to run, to purify land, to bring life to those around us. Do you know Hmm. a single drop of water, even even just a few drops of water, dropped into a dry and barren place, ain't going to do much you put enough drops of water it'll make rivers through the desert and it'll bring life to a dry and barren land and that's what America's becoming America's going in the wrong direction but I believe God's children rise up if my people which are called by my name shall humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways then will I hear from heaven I will forgive their sin and I will heal their land that's a promise Hadn't been erased, won't be erased. It's in there. I want us to pray together that God would use us, empower us. I pray for each one of us that that God would would help us to have a good daily Bible study, a good daily Bible reading that that purifies, that, that washes out the junk that the devil's been lying to us about for years, telling us how we're no good. The devil wants you to believe that because he doesn't want you to plug in. But I believe God's about to do something great. And I don't know how many times we've talked about a light is never brighter than in the darkest times, right? It's pretty dark right now. There's a lot of dark things going on. I want this church right here to be a beacon in a dark place. I want it to be a beacon that brings light. How many times has it been said, God put this church on a hill for a reason? Because a city set on a hill cannot be hidden. I believe we're a light of the community. But we're we're gonna have to we're gonna have to go out. Each drop that needs to go out, we we come in here, kind of like coming back to the ocean and we get energized, but then the atmosphere sends us out again to go do the same thing. And then we come back and we go out and do the same thing. We need to go out and bring other drops with us. We need to go out and share the gospel. So that when we come back, this building gets full again and the churches around us get full again. It looks good to see the building this morning pretty full. It's good to see a lot of you here. But I'm, I'm ready to take ropes off pews. We won't do that until we have to. We'll, we'll maintain social distancing because it is a heart's desire to, to take as good a care of everybody as we can. But I'm looking for the day when the church is full again and God uses us to move mountains in LaGrange, George. Amen. If you want to pray, we did it last week. You're welcome. Put your mask on and pray. And ask God to, to help us purify our own drop. I, I, I don't want to be like that leader of ocean water. I don't want a million bacteria living inside of me and being comfortable doing so. I, I, don't, I don't want a million phytoplankton living inside of me comfortably. I want the Holy Spirit of God to move in, move through, and wash out everything that doesn't belong. Amen. But it takes power. It takes study, and It takes coming together as a family. So I'm going to ask all of you to stand. If you want to come pray, the altar will be open. You slip your mask on. You come down and find your place and pray. These guys are going to sing. We can just sing and worship for a little bit. Tell him thank you.
0: As you are. Come by, sadness. from wherever you've been. Come, brokenhearted, mm-hmm. let rescue begin. Come, find your mercy, oh sinner, come here. Earth has no sorrow that heaven can't heal. No, earth has no sorrow heaven came here lay down your purse table You can come as you are Come as you are Come as you are Come as you
1: are are. I can have you bow your heads just for a minute right where you are is anybody that doesn't know Christ as a personal Lord and Savior. Today is the day. Behold now is the acceptable time. Behold today is the day of salvation. Don't let this day pass without trusting Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior. God has not, God will not close the doors on you. Doesn't matter where you've been, doesn't matter what you've done, doesn't matter how wicked your past is, I assure you people right here among us whose past is just as bad as yours we all have a past but when we come to jesus christ our past becomes our past old things are washed away behold all things become new but it starts with trust in jesus christ as your personal lord and savior we must confess our own sins with our own mouth lord i am a sinner and i'm asking you to come into my heart and forgive me of my sins and save my soul in jesus name that is the only name by which you can ever be saved it's not of works lest any man should boast it is the gift of God His name is Jesus Christ He is your salvation it's up to each individual to pray and ask God to forgive them of their sins and save their soul and begin to cleanse all of that stuff out if you're willing to trust Christ as your personal Lord and Savior this morning you'll be just as much a child of God as anybody on this planet but as you surrender your heart to Christ. Father, thank you so much for being so good. God, we love you. I know we love you because you first loved us, but God, we love you. You've been so kind, so awesome. You commended your love, and that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. You climbed up on an old rugged cross and shed your blood that we might have remission of sins. Come out of the grave that we might have eternal life. Preparing a place for us that we might be forever with you. But yet you continue to bless us day in and day out. You continue to have a relationship and talk with us as we pray. You continue to wash away the impurities and take away the stuff that the devil and the world tries to put on us. You continue to keep a hedge about us, God. Father, all we can tell you is thank you for being so incredibly good. We love you, God. Lord, I ask you to take this group of people, Father, called Faith Baptist Church. And those that are here in this building, those that are out on live stream, God, I pray you'd bless every family represented. I pray you'd open the windows of heaven and pour out blessings that there be not room enough to receive it. But God, I pray you'd pour your spirit out on us, God, that we come to seek and to serve you, God, that we have a desire to be everything you want us to be. I ask you to bless everyone represented, God. Help us to go out and to be a light in a dark world. May Christ shine in us. May Christ shine through us. We love you. We thank you and we praise you. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. amen.